Got world. so many strongest soldiers, so it's never over Even if you need someone to hold you to keep your composure Even on the days you're moving slower and can't seem to focus You were meant for greatness and you know it, you just gotta show it Know you question life a couple times, but it's okay, you growing Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay, you on it Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes All you ever do is smile, cause they make you worth it Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it Welcome Kings and Queens to One Sick B. I am your host, One Sick B Certified Brandy. The definition of One Sick B is a strong individual that fights through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. Today, I was blessed with a guest named Bobby. He is a multiple sclerosis African-American male that advocates and teaches about nutrition and health. Hello, welcome, Bobby, and how are you today? Well, uh, Randy, thank you, thank you. First of all, before we even get started, I just want to, you know, just thank you for allowing me to to grace your platform, One Sick B. You know, I've I've been watching your platform now for about a year, and thank I'm like, you. wow, she is doing some great work. So to to actually be here now it is a true honor. So I really thank appreciate. You. You. I appreciate that. How have you been during COVID? Because COVID has changed, redirected people's lives. There's been good, there's been bad, there's been the ugly, there's been the beautiful. How has COVID and what has COVID brought in your life that may be even more value or that you thought of more value or changes that you occur, excuse me, there goes the MS endured during COVID? Well, you know, COVID made made you whether you wanted to or not. It made it made everybody adjust, whatever that adjustment may be, because that could be different for everybody. For me, yeah. um, you know, I, I really didn't change too much of what I was doing. Of course, you know, being you know real sociable and being in front of a whole lot of people right. that changed. But outside of that, uh, personally. Not too much change. Um, you just make the adjustment. Uh, Business-wise, now that was a big change. I basically had to do everything online. And it forced me to go through a period where I had to become comfortable in being in front of this camera the way that I am right now and yeah. speaking on the microphone. So if there's anything, any good thing that came out of dealing with COVID, it forced what was already in me to come out. So it's ironic that we're here doing this right now. Yeah, it's awesome that uh, that you have came out and you're able now to come out and speak about your situation and uh, this, this autoimmune disease we have. Um, I would like you to, if you don't mind, tell us when you got diagnosed and if before you got diagnosed, um, if you felt like there were any symptoms that maybe you had noticed that now you look back and you say, hey, like, I think that this might have been part of my MS journey. I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I was officially diagnosed back November 8th of 2006. And uh, actually, it was no November the 15th of 2006. And um I had experienced some symptoms. Of course, I didn't know that it was MS. I had no clue what it was. But I remember even two, three years beforehand, just going through severe bouts of fatigue, 
like extreme tired and, and, and it wasn't a tired that you would get you know going through a regular day or maybe perhaps even exercising or anything like that this was some fatigue that I really didn't even understand and it literally wore me out and um and then going through time you know before the diagnosis uh especially there in 2006 you know I'm running a business I had a mortgage business and you know, the stresses that come along with that, along with some other things that was going on in my personal life, you know, it was like the setup to finally introduce MS officially into my life. And I remember being in the shower and all of a sudden I would be itching all over my body. Like, I, you know, somebody bathed me in poison ivy. <laughs> so that's interesting you said that because I've had that symptom and of course, not knowing, I just automatically said, this is MS, but I have never, even in interviews, I have never heard anybody else say they've been through that. And I had been through that and I kind of said it was MS because I just say it was MS. And at the time I was like, well, maybe it's something different. So to hear somebody who said that they felt the itching and they were in the shower, I just remember laying in bed and like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's basically it's, it get to a point when it flare like that, it's uncontrollable. Yeah. You know, and I, I really didn't even understand what was going on at the time. But it was there was one symptom that really stood out and it it it, it really kind of laid the, the groundwork for some of the things that was going to happen afterwards. Uh, as I said previously, I had a mortgage business, so I had loan officers that were a part of my business. And I remember one morning, um, you know, I'm having a meeting with my loan officers and then all of a sudden, and I had had this symptom before, but this was like the strongest, uh, you know, occurrence of this. It literally felt like somebody had taken a blowtorch and held it to my scalp. And I had to end the meeting. I told all the loan officers, to not only get out of my office. Now, I said this very nicely because they didn't know what was going on. Right. And I said, if you all can do me a favor, if you're able to, please leave the office. I literally wanted them to get out of the office. I told my you know, office manager, I'm not taking any calls, hold all the calls, do them, you know, take messages. Because my only remedy at that moment and at that time, once I got everybody out of my office, I had a couch sitting there and a pillow and the, the, the intensity of that, that, that blowtorch experience on my scalp was so bad that the only thing that I was able to do was get on that couch, grab that pillow and literally scream. I had to turn my radio up all the way, you know, as, as far as I could and just scream inside that pillow. I had no clue what was going on. And just as fast as that symptom came, it left. I mean, it, it was like, like that. And, and me being the tough guy, not asking the real question of myself, hey, what, what is that? It's time to go to the doctor. I didn't do that. I kept going on with my life like nothing was going on. When in reality, there was a whole lot going on yeah. and I just chopped it up to just stress. Yeah. So that was, 
that was really, you know, some of the first symptoms leading up to that, up until, um, you know, at, at, at the time I was married and it was three days before the anniversary. And I remember waking up one morning and I had slept on my left hand and my left eye was sore. So I'm thinking the reason why my eye is sore is because I slept on my hand and I really didn't pay too much attention to it until, you know, I noticed throughout the day that soreness never really went away. Then the next morning I wake up, it was a little bit worse, but by the time the third morning rolled around, it was intense. First of all, I, it, it was intense. It literally felt like, and I don't want to be too super graphic, but it is what it no, is. No. It, it, it literally felt like somebody had taken, taken a knife, stabbed, stabbed me in my eye. eye and just kept turning the knife. And I couldn't really see out that eye. It was like completely grayed out. At that particular point, I said, I need to go to the doctor because this right here, I, I couldn't deal with that. that now, was do you think that it took you longer to get yourself checked out because of the band's pride that maybe this is something I can get over or maybe I've been working too well, hard? Well, there was two factors going on. That, of course, was one of the factors. And number two, it, was, it wasn't even a whole month since I had went in for my, my yearly checkup. Oh, right. And okay. It, so... It, you know, I justified so it me. Yeah, it 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 justified me not going to the doctor as soon as I should have. Because the checkup so, went fine. Yeah, because the checkup and we don't, went fine. The things that determine MS naturally are not in the checkup. They're exactly. you know the tests are not. Those are regular tests. So I, you know, my my bargain with 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 God at the time, I said, well, Father. All I want to know is what is this? What it is? If I if I permanently lose vision in this eye, and it goes into the beginnings of the mindset that really laid the groundwork to where I am right now. But this was literally my prayer. I said, "Okay, well, Father, if it turns out that I've lost complete vision in this eye, I'm going to praise you for the vision that I have left in my right eye." That's powerful. That's powerful because uh, I believe when we go through these battles, I have made that conversation with God that if you at least, that's fine if I can't walk. I know there's a wheelchair, there's a scooter, but when I lost my vision, that was the one that hit the core of me. Mm -hmm. uh, it hit the core. I'm, I don't feel I'm too cute to be in a walker, to use a walker. I don't feel like I'm too cute to be a, to mm -hmm. a scooter, but I couldn't phantom the thought of not being able to see yeah. so i definitely understand that that one prayer with um with uh with trying to make a bargain what do you say far as how did you acknowledge and how do you acknowledge now uh this autoimmune disease when did you accept it that you had multiple sclerosis Ooh, okay well you know after that prayer and i and i i you know, go to the doctor's appointment. That was like I'm almost four hours worth of testing. Yeah. And, and you understand what are, what all that encompasses. Yeah. There. But at the end of all that, and the doctor said, <laughs> basically in a nutshell, 
you have multiple sclerosis, it was like everything stopped. And it's like I, I, I didn't have a I didn't have a real point of reference of what multiple sclerosis was at that particular time, especially in our community. Yes. You know, no, the, the two examples that came to mind immediately was Montel Williams, the talk show mm-hmm. host. Correct. He was beginning to open up as far as talking about his his uh, issues dealing with MS. And then ironically, year prior, Richard Pryor had passed away. Yeah, he had MS. So those were my two references. And I'm thinking I, I, I had literally in like 10 seconds or less, I don't went from being normal to thinking, okay, and me being in a wheelchair and not being able to do anything for myself. Is that is, 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 is that, is that's what's waiting for me? That, yeah. That's how extreme. And it happened just like that. Yeah. And you know, you know, they are, I, I tell people all the time, there are certain moments in our life that you can literally go back and identify immediately knowing that your life changed forever. Nothing was going to be the same after that moment. That was definitely a moment for me. Now, here was the problem with that, Brandy. I did not acknowledge that the way that I needed to, because in my mind, I, first of all, any man worth his salt takes pride in how he provides for his family. Yes. And it didn't occur to me that I was going to have to change everything. I was literally was going to have to go and kind of recreate myself. I wasn't willing to do that so fast. So I, I'm, I'm in constant compromise within myself mode. Well, I can continue to do this, but um, I, I, I want to do it this way not understanding no Bobby the you really sick. Of it. really sick dude yeah and and you really need to get some help and I will say this is going through that process of not really accepting what I needed to accept at that particular time it had nothing to do with thinking that I was a victim it had everything to do with being able to acknowledge so you can properly address the issue that that caused some some strain at times as far as my own family is concerned. Of course. Because I went through I went through all types of, of internal issues. Yeah. I didn't even want to acknowledge that I was dealing with depression. Yeah, we have that superman, superwoman strength where we try to continue on to do what we did before or to adapt to it, but we don't adapt to it in the way that we need to. We adapt to it in the way we want to which also necessarily doesn't make it correct. You know, it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it easier. And like I said, you push, you push, you push, and you end up lowering in the long run, you end up hurting yourself because Mm -hmm. you're not acknowledging it. So you're not saying that, Hey, I need to set a boundary and maybe not work 45 to 60 hours a week when maybe I just need to work that 35 to 40. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I, what I needed to do at that time versus what I did, I can go back and think of, think about it now. And I'm like, you know what? I went through a whole lot that I didn't have to go through, mm-hmm. but because of pride, they call it what it is. See, that's yeah. the thing. That's another thing too. We have to get at a place where we call a thing a thing and not be afraid of it because your, your actual deliverance lies within you acknowledging what's going on at that particular time because then you you're able to go into solution mode when you don't acknowledge a thing for what it really is 
then what do you have a solution for? There is no solution because you're carrying on with this facade as if everything is okay and it's not okay and it's damaging and it is so damaging. And I went through a few years of that, Brandy, just being honest, just brutally honest. Oh, that's, I mean, I think we all do. I, I, you said you went through a few years of it. Well, hey, let's use today for an example. My life is overloaded. I have my brains overloaded. I'm getting ready to perform with you. Then my brain overloads as we start. Mm -hmm. And you're saying, you know, I can give you, you know, it's okay. And in my head, I'm like, no, you know what you made up to do. Today was the day you were going to do it. You were excited to do it. So you're going to go through with it regardless. And that's that part of our pride that sometimes gets us caught up for certain situations. This is a light day work, but for those days where I had to work eight mm -hmm. hours, then come home and take care of kids for another rest of the 10 and six, seven hours before they go to sleep, then to make sure that everything was taken care of for the next mm -hmm. day for my family. When do we say, hey, like today I'm gonna decide I'm not gonna cook dinner, but you guys are gonna eat but I can't stand that long for the day or do right. we still power through it because our kids are saying, well, I want this. I didn't want that. So what do you do? You, you make that to you to comfort everybody else when we got to right. take some time to choose ourselves. And so I love that you said acknowledgement and that that was hard for you to acknowledge it. So how do you, what are some, what is some advice, excuse me, that you would give to somebody who's just recently being diagnosed or not even recently being diagnosed, but people go years about not acknowledging it. What type of advice would you give to somebody? The, the sooner that you can call a thing a thing and acknowledge, hey, look, this is multiple sclerosis and my life just changed. Then you're able to go into solution mode. The longer that you fight against that, you're actually putting yourself in a position to have to deal with things, not only that you don't have to, but also much longer than you have to. So it's a matter of how much, how, how bad do you want freedom? Because there's freedom in acknowledgement. Here's what I've learned going through this process, um, especially here within the last three years, because I've had, you know, I've went through a, a, a transformation, which, you know, we'll talk about here. Uh, a little bit, but I, I've, 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 I've come to learn that when a life life you long enough, you learn how to live. And I had to get to a place where I got tired because Brandon, people don't change until they get tired. Now, whatever level of tired that is for you, that's, that's the level that's going to cause you to change. I want to encourage you don't let it be to, to the out. level as to which it, it almost takes you out of here. Yeah. That's where I was, period. Because see, what we, what we didn't mention and what I didn't talk about is that even though I had had a men, you know, I've had my, I had my yearly checkup, you know, the discussion that was going on during that yearly checkup, I didn't even want to hear you know, y'all, I was well over 350, 365 pounds at the time. So here it is. I'm unhealthy already. And now multiple sclerosis decides they, it wants to rear his ugly head. So I, I say that to lead into taking personal responsibility of the things that you do have control over. Because if your health is not your first priority, 
then you do not have a fighting chance to really defend yourself against the ravages and the progression of multiple sclerosis or whatever disease, because it requires a different mindset. So this is also, you know, not only from a physical standpoint, but this also includes, and I think is even more important, internal work. That's the real deal. And I remember getting to a place where, Brandy, I didn't change until I got tired. I got tired of fighting the same battles and continuing to lose. And I got tired of losing. Yeah. The definition of insanity to keep on doing the same thing over and Mm -hmm. over and expecting a different result. Um, Let's talk about this great, uh, as Bobby said, he was um, 300 plus pounds. And if you see him now, he looks good. He has worked it off. It wasn't easy, but can we talk about this? major life change that you made that is built filled your life with a fulfillment uh it's a growth and it's wonderful and it's people who are out there they are larger and they say hey i can't do it i had a plus on top of it i got this autoimmune disease i'm just not winning so first of all tell us how that journey started and give us some pointers of how we can win against our own mental our mindset going through a process such as your journey as weight loss i had to lose maybe 70 80 pounds that's nothing you less 70 80 pounds plus another person which was 100 pounds so can you please walk us through the beginning of that journey and how that incorporated into this beautiful journey of you acknowledging multiple sclerosis um i'm gonna I'm take you to the through the quick version um, go ahead I had I I had a a come to Jesus meeting with myself and I'll never forget it. It was Mother's Day weekend of 2013. This is really where the genesis of all of this started as far as my change is concerned. Because like I said, I got tired, Brandy. I was like, at that particular time, uh my first grandchild was on the way. Okay. And I'm thinking if I keep up what I'm doing right now, I won't be able to even be able to watch them grow up because I, I, I won't be here. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be able to enjoy, you know, not only them, but anybody else. Yeah. I, so I remember standing in the mirror and I just began to weep, like not cry, but weep. Because I, I was tired. I said, this is not who I am. And mind you, uh, at this particular point, I'm not having full function on my left side of my body. I can tell that, it, it you know, give it another six months to a year, and that was going to be done. So I'm already struggling from a physical standpoint. I'm having pain all the time. Um, you know, the optic neuritis, which that was the, the issue that was happening yeah, in my left eye. Yeah. You know, I, you know, from time to time, that pain was popping up behind my eye. That would cause all types of crazy headaches and migraines. I, it's just a litany of issues. I can't even list them all right yeah. now. That's how much yeah. I got tired because I was like, hold up. I wasn't created just to live a life like this. Mm. And so I had a moment standing in front of that mirror and I literally came to this realization. What I did not want to do 
was have to get to the end of my life and have to admit that I was not who I told the world I was. And I was like, okay, what do I need to do to change? That's self-acknowledgement. So, That's powerful. Because I, 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 I was brand new. I was tired. Yeah. I was so tired. So I had, fast forward a year, and I actually ran into someone that, you know, business associate, and I was just, you know, supporting her business. Yeah. She was, you know, at that particular time, she was, you know, talking about this, this great tea where you can detox your body and, yeah. you know, you start feeling well. So to support her, I ended up getting the tea. Okay. And here's the, here's the deal. We, one of the greatest men that I, I, I've, I've ever listened to, he's, he's passed away now. His name was uh, Dr. Miles Monroe. And one of the principles that he had taught was that when you understand the purpose of a thing, you will abuse it. Please understand that neglect is a form of abuse. So I took this tea. Now, mind you, I call myself trying to lose weight. So I took this tea. You know what I did with it? I set it up on a counter. And it set up on the counter for about six months. It set up there long enough as to which it began to collect dust. Mm. Now, after I done tried everything, I said, well, I ain't got nothing to lose. Might as well try this. Yeah, I might as well try this. So fast forward, I wind up making a gallon of this, this herbal detox tea. Because it's not a weight loss tea, it's a waste loss tea. So right, I, I, I want to be clear with that. There right. is no magic pill. There is no magic potion out here. Right. There is no magic tea. Because trust and believe, to get to where I've gotten, it is taking work on top of whatever products that I've yes. So I want to be clear about this. But this is part of my story. So when I ended up actually making this, this first gallon of the tea, and I dropped seven pounds within five days, I said, hold up. Wait, wait a minute, I'm on to something here. And that was the beginning of the journey and my connection with this, I, I call it an incredible energy uh, uh, by the name of Total Life Changes. That was the beginning of my relationship with this company. And so for the first 10 months that I was with this company, I had dropped 70 pounds. You know, I was taking the other products that they had. I won't go through the-, the Yeah, list. that's amazing. But here's the deal, Brandy, and that's why it is important to have dialogues like this, because yeah, yeah. we think that it, it's, it's going to be a certain medicine. We think there's going to be a certain shot. We think there's going to be a certain pill. I am thoroughly convinced that the power of the mind, the power of the human spirit, because your human spirit, regardless of what's going on, and what has happened to you as it pertains to even trauma, which I'm going to address here in, in, in a minute. Your human spirit is constantly asking one question. You want to know what that is? What's, the what's next? Yes. What's next after that? And what's after next? that? We understand, okay, that. this has happened, but what's next? What's going on next? Yeah. And so the, the, more, the more that you, you, you come into the knowledge of yourself and you understand that you are not what has happened to you, then you begin to make that transition into what's next. But here was the problem. For the what's next. Exactly, exactly. But here was the problem, Brandy. I hadn't gotten to that point. Even I had, even when I had dropped 
that 70 pounds? Because let's just be honest. When I had the experience with the T, I was excited that I had dropped, you know, dropped seven pounds right. in the first five days. But the only thing that came into my mind was, well, man, look, I can lose weight and make money. That was the only thing that was on my mind. And here was the problem, though. I didn't understand at that particular time that the most high has something bigger in store for me. And when you don't understand the purpose of a thing, you will abuse it. Because after 10 months, guess what I did, Brandy? I quit. Yeah. And, and, and I used the excuse of me having an emergency surgery to have my gallbladder removed. And I used that as a crutch. And so here was the real reason why I quit. Because I had done this before. I, had, I would lose weight and then I turned right back around and gain it back. Yeah. And I would lose weight and then I turned right back around and gain it back. And here was the reason why. The reason why I had that unnecessary weight on me in the first place wasn't an external thing. Internal. It, the, the, the reason why I'm eating and an and emotional eater. Emotional I was, eater. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's real easy to say that. But the real question is, what are the emotions that are driving you to eat? And furthermore, why do you have yeah. those emotions? Because yeah. if you don't get down to the real reason, you're going to continue victimizing yourself. Follow me. So here it is. After I, 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 I dropped and, and left the company. Now, mind you, I've had, I've had success. This is how you know you're sick. Who in the world in, in their right mind would drop 70 pounds and then quit? I tell human. you. Being human. Being human. And also, too, what I never discussed with anybody was the further along I would go through the process of dropping the weight, I also had to deal with the emotions as to why I would emotionally eat. Oh. And they were all tied to what had happened to me as a child. At six years old, I was raped and molested by a so-called family friend that stayed down the street. And because that issue wasn't properly addressed when I was a child, it helped lay the groundwork for unhealthy behaviors that I had adopted just trying to survive as I was growing up. So therefore, I became that, that emotional eater just trying to deal with the process of first of and all, 80. what had happened to me. And then also too dealing with the fact that I would, I felt betrayed by my own parents because they didn't deal with the situation properly. So I'm trying to survive. And all at the same time, I'm not getting confirmation. I'm not getting the affirmation that I need from my parents as I'm growing up into a man. So and so, and so here it is, I turn into who I refer to as the rescue guy, because I would do stuff for people. And I knew that a lot of the times when I was doing stuff for people, they didn't deserve they it. They didn't deserve it or you or it. your time or your effort, but you want to be better than how you have got done and how you have been treated. Right. You want right. to shine a light brighter. And, and the little, and the, and the little payback, the, the, the reward, as far as you know, the possible affirmation and the, the possible confirmation, that was the exchange for me. But that was so unhealthy because let's be real. 
that was an ego problem at that particular point. When I turned into a man and I'm still being the rescue guy, that's about ego. That's trying to, to feed a certain part of your ego. And the reason why that exists in your ego is because you are not healed. I didn't know any of this at the time. How I came into the knowledge of this is that I had took like a four-year break. You know, I left, you know, Total Life Changes and I started living life and man, stuff would happen. It was time and time and time again. So that's why I tell people all the time, when life life you long enough, you learn how to live. And I got to a place where I was really tired. And I'm going to tell you the incident that really, really set all this up. Now, mind you, by this time, I have developed a particular lifestyle dealing with multiple sclerosis on my end. And this okay. is no judgment for anybody else that deals with that particular illness their way. But for me, I've dealt with multiple sclerosis from a natural perspective from the time that I was diagnosed. And yes. the thing that triggered for me to take this route, and it was my choice, is because they wanted, at that particular time, in 2006, they wanted me to be put on beta serum. And I understand the purpose of beta serum by introducing a foreign entity into my Yes, body. beta serum, for people who do not know, it's a DMT drug used to control right. uh, and to fight uh, multiple sclerosis. And with this being said, to anybody who's listening, uh, a lot of people... Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but a lot of people get offended uh, when people talk about going holistic or holistic paths. Um, it, it, they feel like it's controversial because you're basically saying that somebody else doesn't have to be on um, a DMT, but this is not what he's saying. He's he's basically giving his opinion and his experience with living holistic. And I that was something big that I wanted him to express and talk today because even though I'm on the DMT, I would love to be holistic and to challenge my body, but I got diagnosed later. So I've always been scared about it, but I love how people naturally advocate for holistic. And just because I'm on a DMT does not mean I can't change my eating habits to mm -hmm. correlate with healthy living and our holistic lifestyle. Yes. So I, I chose early because when they wanted to do the beta Ceron, my question to them was, okay, so if I start out with this method, this drug, and then my body no longer recognizes what is placed in my body as an enemy, and then my immune system goes back to attacking my body all over again, what do we do at that particular point? Their answer was, well, we'll just put you on another drug. That was not acceptable to me because right. in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so I'm going to be on a drug for the rest of my life. And I'm like, hmm. Okay, let me see what 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 is some of the reasons possibly why I'm dealing with MS in the first place. And at that particular time, uh, you know, my wife at the time started doing research. And then we come to find out that there was there was a tie to nutritional issues, what was missing in my body. So what ended up happening, I wound up getting a test from my doctor that literally measured, you know, uh, uh, levels like B12, B6, magnesium, uh, vitamin D, and even more specifically, vitamin D3. And I bring that up, especially for our community, because we have melanin in our skin. And so we, we live, a lot of us live a, a, a sedentary type life where we're inside 
most of the time we're not outside where our bodies can produce what it needs to produce naturally in our bodies as it pertains to vitamin D, vitamin D3. And so therefore I actually just started taking the vitamin D3 supplement, which I've been taking now for, for years, um, right. B12 and also right. some other supplements as well. So that was really the beginning, but I still wasn't doing right with my eating lifestyle. And so what ended up happening, I still was gaining weight like crazy because I, I haven't dealt with the real issue. Right. And so what led up to me being able, for me, losing weight is not the same as going through a transformation. So for me, there was one incident, Brandy, that made me said, okay, I'm done. I'm tired of this life right here. I was having a conversation with some family members and it got disrespectful. And I'm looking and I'm, and I know what I'm feeling. I don't like what I'm feeling. It wasn't the first time that I felt this way. And the most high said something, he said, don't say nothing. What I need for you to do is listen. I need for you to observe and tell me, what do you see? And I, that's when I came to the realization that I had trained these people how to treat me this way. Well, and I love I that said, you said that. By accepting things, we are training. I feel like when you don't set boundaries, you allow people to speak for you. You allow, that is ways that you are allowing people to treat you, like you said. Mm-hmm. And from that point, he had already told me I needed to come back to the total life changes. And by that time, Brandon, I ain't had no argument in my spirit. I was like, whatever I need to do, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And so I came back, you know, to the company uh, in November of 2019. And I went to work, not only physically, but more importantly, internally, mentally, spiritually. Because I already had a good relationship, you know, with the most high, My, right. but there, there was some, there was some holes in there. There were, and there was some places that I was scared to go because I understood what was waiting for me on the other side. And what right. was waiting on me was actually dealing with that trauma that I had experienced as a child. And so I'm saying all this for after acknowledging is dealing with your background and your trauma you acknowledged it. Your solution was dealing with it and changing it. That actually, your solution was figuring out what the problem behind the big problem was and your action was changing it. Your mental. Exactly, exactly. And I, I, and, and I really want to make this point here because I know there's a lot of us that deal with multiple sclerosis, autoimmune diseases overall, and it's hard. The life is hard. Trust and believe. Because not only do I have multiple sclerosis, but I also have trigeminal neuralgia as well. They call that the suicide disease for a reason, because there's a percentage of individuals that are diagnosed with trigeminal neuralgia that unfortunately they feel that the only way out is to literally go out. So I look, I deal with pain. Yeah, it's Massive real pain. like that. Yes, but 
going through this process, I had to get to a place where I was no longer concentrated on what other people were doing, what other people were saying, and how they treated me. And here's the reason why. I can't correct their behavior. But I can show enough to go to work on me. Yeah. Because that type of lifestyle, those issues literally played a role throughout the years as to not only the physical condition that I was experiencing dealing with MS, but also the mental issues, because when the mental and the spiritual, the internal issues are not in order, they're going to play out physically. And so for me, I, I, I went through a process of dealing internally, which also include, and I have to bring this up, especially for our community. Y'all, I had to get some counseling. I, you know, I'm so happy that you said that because I was going to ask you, I didn't want to interrupt again, but I was going to ask you, how did you feel about counseling and have you seek counseling? I had to seek counseling. I remember getting made fun of when I told people that I was in counseling, but at the same time, I was at a place in my life where I didn't care because I yeah. knew that's what I needed to survive for me, for Brandy to keep fighting. I needed to talk to somebody about it, to put things in the right current, like you said, dealing with past issues in your childhood, things that you have not acknowledged and then getting older and going through life and realizing that maybe this is the reason for this and to acknowledge it. So you saying mm -hmm. as an African-American male that you went to counseling, thank you. Because there are a lot of them mm -hmm. who go and cannot admit it or ashamed or embarrassed to they're worried about what the next person thinks. But at the end of the day, I always tell people we wake up with ourselves. We go to sleep by ourselves. You may lay next to somebody, but you have to wake up for yourself and look your own self in the mirror and carry on about your own day. So thank you for acknowledging that you seek counseling. I, I had to, Brandy. And, and here's the reason why. I was more and still to this day, I'm more focused on being healed than being right. Now, it doesn't absolve what anybody has ever done to me. Yeah. They're going to be held responsible for that. Yeah. But it's not our job to be the judge, jury, and executioner of, of, of those particular judgments. I can't do that. That requires too much energy, energy that I do not have to share. I, I had to get to a place, and, and, and I'm pretty sure you'll be able to identify this. You know, a, a lot of us, we, we've spent a lot of time being there for everybody and for everything More than ourselves and but we we do not show up for ourselves and this was this was another big huge step for me in this transformation because literally I had to be okay with me looking out for me and it had nothing to do because we're taught well that's selfish you can call it whatever you want to because it doesn't stop you from being a giver. It doesn't stop you from being from, from actually having the desire Not to show up. But what it does is that they puts you in a place where, and it goes into this, this part of the discussion as well. I had to learn how to embrace a life of abundance because abundance is a 360 degree experience. It covers every facet of your life. And what we have become accustomed to is literally living and giving 
all the time out of a halfway filled cup. And the problem with that is that when it's time for us to have something, there's nothing, nothing there. There's nothing there. So we're constantly trying to, to, to be replenished from a place that don't even exist. And I had to get to a place to acknowledge that and say, hold up, time out. So anybody that really care and loves us would cheer us on to make sure that we focus on us because it allows us to be able to show up for who we're supposed to show up for. We ain't supposed to show up for everybody. We're not called to everybody. We're called to somebody. We're not called to be everywhere. We're called to be somewhere. All right. We're not called to solve everybody's problems, but we are called to solve problems. Why do I bring that up? Because when you embrace a life of abundance, it also puts you in place to be able to walk out your assignment. I don't care if you are in a wheelchair. Yeah. Guess what? You still have an assignment on, on your life. Yes. I don't care if you have to have to use other equipment, you know, to be able to navigate and move around. That has yeah. nothing to do with the fact that you still have a that purpose is. and an assignment on your life. Yes. And so that's why you have to embrace this life of abundance. What do I mean by that? I go back to the cup because typically we have become accustomed of giving out of a halfway filled cup at best. But when you embrace a life of abundance, it puts you in a position that first of all, your cup is full. But mind you, when you get your cup, make sure that you grab a saucer because your cup is going to overflow. overflow. When that cup overflows, you got to be able to catch that overflow. And guess who the overflow is for? That exactly. overflow is for everybody people. else. Yeah. But that cup, that cup belongs to me. To you. So now when it's time for me to have something, it's there. And I'm, I'm bringing all this up because for years I, sp I, I spent being a victim. I would play this process in my mind. I got multiple sclerosis. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm, 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 I have trigeminal neuralgia. I, I, there's certain things I cannot do. And I put a huge focus on the things from a physical standpoint that I couldn't do. Yeah. And I had, I, I had to make this transition in my spirit and, and literally develop a lifestyle as to which I couldn't worry about what was gone. I can't get caught up into the things that I cannot do, but what I'm going to do is praise the most high for what's left. And I'm going to maximize that because that's still going to put me in a position to walk out my assignment, to walk out my purpose. I'm not dead and neither are you period. You still have purpose. Yeah. We're damaged. We got scars, but the beauty behind scars allows you to see that some healing has taken place because yeah. if you didn't have the scar and you were just left with a wound, that wound still made still it. open. Yeah. So no, we have to be able to walk proudly with our scars because there's a level of healing that has already taken place. Walk in your healing. The healing that has already taken place will put you in a position for the healing to come. Because in order to do that, you have to live a life of gratitude. 
How many times have, have, have we woke up every morning thinking, Lord, what we're going to have to deal with today? Instead of saying, Father, thank you for awakening me, allowing me to see another day, to yeah. be able to take another breath. Yeah, I have an opportunity now because he promised us that he renews the mercies daily. So walk in that literally, spiritually, even if you physically can't do it, you can spiritually do it. Yeah. So going through this process and yeah, Total Life Changes have some amazing products, but that's not what right. this, this interview is about. I took my products. I started developing a consistent lifestyle based on what I could do, maximize that and just walk it out. Literally, I walked and walked and walked and walked. And if you go through my profile on, on Instagram, you can see how much walking I do consistently. I, I was also able, you know, through the years to get some, some motion back on my left side due to, it's crazy, bowling. I love bowling because I had to learn how to balance myself. Balance yourself with the ball. And, and because I, I, I bowl, with I used to be in the bowling ball. league, so I have to take you on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to make that happen. <laughs> I used to be in the bowling league when I was younger, <laughs> younger. I remember, uh, <laughs> dating somebody and I cleared his, I cleared him out strike after strike. And he was like, this is ridiculous. This is just absurd. And I was like, <laughs> I said, Oh, I'm, and, and it was so funny. Cause my cousin was like, she used to be in a bowling league when we were younger. I was like, first of all, I don't have those same set of skills that I had when I was younger, but I did. I was kicking butt then. So I definitely will take you up on it. Um, I, can you please give uh, my listeners um, where they can find you, where you're located on before I salute you uh, one sick B that's my favorite part of the podcast, but can you please tell people where they can find you, where you're located at on IG and Facebook? You can find me on Facebook at uh, Bobby L Patterson. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram with the same handle, Bobby L. Patterson. And also, too, if you don't mind, because I have a podcast. Yes. It's called the Victor No More Podcast. You know, you can catch the, my previous episodes at the Victor No More Podcast. Actually, the Victor No More.com. All the podcasts are listed there. Um, and, I, and I do want to end it here. Just take another couple of moments because going through this process, Yes, I, I, I won my company's transformation contest. I've been able to drop close to right at 180 pounds. I'm telling y'all that is two people, okay? And, but most importantly, it has put me in a position where I am so focused on my assignment that it has opened up opportunities like this to be on uh, amazing individuals platforms such as yourself to share you know, parts of my story. And if I can end and, and encourage anybody, I'm going to end this way. Because we've spent a lot of time serving everyone, being there for everyone, but you are worth it. And I want to say this, you can't be anything to anyone until you are everything to yourself. Let me repeat that. You can't be anything to anyone until you are everything to yourself. You are worth it. 
you are honored, you are loved, you are appreciated. And so I, I hope and pray that I said something today that will help ignite a different uh, attitude and a shift in, in how we deal with this very, very, very real disease called multiple sclerosis. Multiple sclerosis is a beast. And here's the deal about multiple sclerosis or any adversity in our life. It don't care. It could care less about your feelings. Yeah. Because behind our feelings, a lot of times, is absolutely nothing. But behind every principle, there's a promise. Let's get focused on the promise, family. Let's get focused on the promise. Um. This is my favorite part of the podcast, uh, certifying you one sick bee. Bobby, you are a male who has advocated for multiple sclerosis. You are a male who's advocating for mental health. You are advocating for change. You have made changes in your mindset, your physical element. You have survived sexual abuse at a young age. And thank you for being open to talk about that because that forever um, for people can be hard to acknowledge, to talk about. You have did this amazing life altering change, starting with these products. You have won competitions for engaging and changing your mindset of who you are. You are helping other men and women, uh, be assertive and to know that there's more to life than just these two small letters that affect us in a major way. Um, thank you for coming on my podcast and even giving me food for thought. Um, I almost made me break a couple of tears a couple of times, but I, Bobby, certify you a strong individual that has faced these unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life threw at you without warning, but you refused to carry the spirit of brokenness. So, Bobby, I thank you and certify you one sick B. And thank you for coming on my podcast and uh, also, I love that he's a man of God. Uh, that's how I thrive. And that's how I've made it this long. So I appreciate you acknowledging your creator, my creator, our creator. And I want well, to thank I appreciate you. The, the opportunity to come and share. And, you know, I want to encourage you to, to keep walking out your assignment, Brandon. Trust and believe your voice is needed. Your voice is being heard. And you're definitely making an impact. But the best is yet to come. You know, we, we go through what we go through and we don't understand everything that that is behind why we have to go through what we go through. But the parts that we do understand, that's that's what we're held accountable for. And I love the fact that you decided to show up and make an impact and give a voice, especially to a part of a community that a lot of times get lost in the sauce, so to speak. And yeah. you don't hear us. So I honor you. I, I, I am I am grateful that that we finally connected after yes. me watching you for a year. Oh man, and I've been I, watching I you for a minute too. I was out. happy that when I reached out to you that you were like, sure. Cause I, you know, I'm like, I've been watching you for different the same amount of time. So it's awesome that two people can connect uh to empower each other. And we both have amazing podcast platforms. And for people to uh Come listen to yours, come listen to mine, but for us as a team to encourage. 
our warriors out there with these autoimmune diseases. And ladies and gentlemen, I would love to thank you guys for listening to One Sick Bee Podcast. We can be heard on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and many more. And thank you guys for listening to One Sick Bee Podcast. Know you question life a couple times, but it's okay you wrong. Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay you on it. Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it. Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes. All you ever do is smile, cause they make you worth it. Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it. You gotta adapt it to the pain, and you got used to hurting. And you're the one that's needed help, you used to offer service. You're not alone, not by yourself, now don't forget that. You're always fighting, always fighting for the get back And you always trying, always grinding and I'm with that You're such a fighter and your strength is where your gifts at You know every day's a fight, but every day you getting up and perform When you think there's nothing left, you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent the strongest soldiers to war like, God sent the strongest soldiers to war Every day's a fight, but every day you getting up to perform And when you think there's nothing left, you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent the strongest soldiers to war like, God sent the strongest soldiers to war